you pursuing a natural lifestyle for yourself and your family? Are you concerned about the standard American diet and options available for healthcare? Are you curious about herbs for health or already practice home herbalism? You've come to the right place. My mom, Naomi Kilbrick, is a Christian clinical herbalist and owner of Lower Chi Wellness. She teaches simple ways to live in a more healthy way and to work with plants to promote and restore health. Welcome to the Family Herbalism Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Family Herbalism Podcast. So recently I had a client sign up with me who had found me on this platform on the podcast and she told me that she had had to weed through a number of herbalist podcasts until she found this one because many if not most are heavily influenced by new age beliefs and she is a Christian and she liked that my podcast is more practical than spiritual And I can tell you that I've had to learn a lot from herbalists who are sometimes anti-Christianity or somewhere on that wide spectrum between Christian and anti-Christian, but we do uh, tend to lean toward company that is like-minded. And I can tell you I've done the same thing. I've had to weed out sources of learning that have felt way too woo-woo to be much uh, practical help. And if you haven't noticed it yet, it is true that natural health and specifically herbal podcasts do have a tendency to lean heavy on a new age or even occultic worldview. I do believe that spirituality is closely linked with our physical and emotional health. But as a Christian, my worldview is distinctly different from that of many other herbalists. And so I think it's important that I finally take the time to share with you an alternative viewpoint to present another option from what has been currently available across many podcasts. I've come to find that many of my listeners are of a similar position. They desire a podcast that focuses on practical aspects of health without the mysticism or a podcast that actually has a Christian standpoint. I'm what you might call a pragmatic. I want to have a game plan that tells me what I need to do to achieve a goal. And so the way I practice natural health is very much the same way. But at the same time, spirituality is very important to me. My faith is very important to me. And I do believe in recognizing that there are unseen powers that make the world go round and which are responsible for things that are difficult to explain, like self-fulfilled prophecies, intuition, dreams, seeing number patterns, telepathy, prophecy, and healing that seems to be miraculous. I really don't want religion to be a stumbling block for you to learn natural ways for healing, whatever your theological background is. In my experience, Christians are more likely to shy away from herbalism or yoga, meditation, and even body work like acupressure, massage therapy, and chiropractic or maybe even osteopathic work because they don't know where to draw a line in the sand with spirituality. And so to be safe, they they paint a wide line between black and white, trying to avoid any grayness, which means that they're missing the fact that these resources are actually what we make of them. And many actually originate in biblical truths or are based on natural law, which was created by God. So then we have a wide array array of people Christians, atheists, agnostics, and many other groups feeling uncomfortable with the concepts that are presented 
by these podcasts because they don't understand them in their own spiritual language. And I have to tell you from the beginning of this, not just the podcast, but my desire to help people to heal through natural methods, it has been on my heart that I could unite the two worlds of Christianity and herbalism and be able to help people with a more religious background to see natural health concepts within their own language. It has been it has been on my heart to share how important health, healing, and plants are to God and that they are a gift to us from him and that not only is there nothing to be afraid of, but if we deny this gift out of fear, what we're saying is that we don't have the faith that he gave them to us in the first place. And assuming a person believes in the creator of creation, that sounds silly, but it's too often the case because of that gray line that we're trying to avoid. Look, plant medicine is a powerful source of wellness, which you know, because that's why you're here. And God very intentionally gave that to us because he knew we would need it. Herbs were not an afterthought. They didn't develop their chemical properties by accident. They were very intentionally and carefully designed for the benefit of the entire system that he created, which includes humans. And to this point, I have largely avoided talking about spirituality because I don't want people to shy away from my podcast for a faith-based reason. But I'm going to take that risk today. And in this podcast, we're going to look spirituality right in the face. And I hope that by the end of this podcast, you'll be encouraged and possibly hold a more complete picture of herbalism as a faith-based practice. I hope that if you have any reservations about natural healing right now, that by the end, you'll be excited for what God has for you and no longer have any doubts as to the appropriateness of herbs for a believer. I hope that you will see that the Creator offers us His love in many ways, including in how He cares about our health. So I'd like to preface this conversation about the use of plants with a more holistic background in which we see that we didn't always have health problems and that everything God has done has been for our whole health. Many health systems talk about holistic health as an approach that recognizes spiritual, emotional, and physical well-being, and that's something that I've talked a lot about with my clients. It's all over my website. Holistic health is very important to me. But the Bible, which is arguably the oldest well-preserved document, shows that holistic health was important to the creator as well. In fact, as a believer who understands there is nothing new under the sun and that all good and perfect gifts come from him, I also see that he was the author and designer of true holistic health as well. And as you read through the Bible, you'll come to see that that is the truth. And so today I'm just going to share some verses with you from the Bible that talk about this perspective um, to kind of help you get to the point and, and be able to find these verses for yourself. The first one is from Genesis 1, great place to start when you're talking about the beginning, from verses 27 to 28, and it says, God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them, God blessed them. And I would like to point out what might seem to be an obvious truth, and that is that if we were made to be in the image of God, that probably did not include any faulty characteristics. There was intention in how he made us, and it was not to include sickness. In Genesis 1.31, it says God saw all that he made, and it was very good. He was proud of what he had made. 
He enjoyed us in our company. And you'll see that in other verses early on in the story, if you haven't already, that that communion and company with each other was a normal thing. And then we move on to Psalm 139.14, which says, I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well. We were created with intention. Everything in our bodies, right down to the smallest and least recognized cells, they all have purpose and they keep everything in our bodies functioning well. Did you know, this is a random fact, but really cool. Did you know that one drop of breast milk contains 1 million white blood cells? There is so much finite uh, details in, in our bodies that are just, it's so amazing that we were so perfectly created. In Genesis 2.15, it says, The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. Now, the original Hebrew of the words to work and to take care actually imply not just to keep it from going bad, but to cultivate and to be faithful to guard something. To cultivate means to encourage the growth of or to bring through a finishing process. And when he spoke of caring for the gardens and everything in them, it would only make sense that that would include our bodies as well. The implication here was that not only are we to be responsible for maintaining our health and wellness, but to improve upon our health, to nourish ourselves, our bodies, to move our bodies, to rest them, to keep good habits. All the things that we know are important for good health but we're actually a call to action right from the beginning. When we make something, like when you make a piece of art, when you write a book, when you make a painting, when you make a meal, you, you care about it. You put your love and your energy into it and you want to keep this thing in good condition and care for it. Well, it was the same thing with God. He didn't haphazardly make us and then remove himself from our lives. He's with us and wants us to be well, remaining the way that he created us. And interestingly, the overall concept of health in the Old Testament was actually a broad state of physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being, where people are, were at peace with their bodies, with God, with other people, and with their environment. And you see this concept across many philosophies of health and cultures. It's something that my business is based in, but it's definitely not... Um, a, a unique concept because it is across the world in many philosophies of health. In Hebrew specifically, the word salom was a common greeting. And you hear that today, sometimes in Jewish and Hebrew roots communities, people will say salom to each other, but it doesn't just mean peace. And it isn't just a friendly greeting. In the original Hebrew, it also meant wholeness and completeness. In Genesis 37:14, Jacob tells his son Joseph to go check on his brothers, and he said, quote, "Go and see if all is salome with your brothers." End quote. This word was later translated as welfare or to see if all is well. So you'll see that in the New England or the New International Version. Um, but the original meaning was to go and check on their health and well-being. Are they safe? Are they healthy? Is everything going well? The Old and New Testaments also frequently tie physical health to spiritual health. Healing of one often went with healing of another, suggesting that physical health was and is directly correlated to a healthy relationship with God. True healing in the Bible is a comprehensive idea of total well-being, 
involving restoration from our sinful nature to having friendship and communion with God. And it has been confirmed throughout history through study and observation that when a person feels that, as the song goes, all is well with my soul, that the rest of their health is often more complete as well. This is why physical symptoms often disappear when old emotional traumas are addressed or a current misalignment in one life, such as a job that doesn't fulfill one's purpose or a harmful relationship are taken care of. This concept of the interconnectedness of different areas of health is the foundation of working with flower essences, for example, which address physical ailments through healing and releasing emotional blocks. We know that these states of being, our bodies, minds, souls, and spirits are intertwined, but it's not a new understanding. This has existed for millennia, and it's actually demonstrated in the Bible. People look at the rules given in the Old Testament as restrictive, but I would encourage you to step back and look at the bigger picture. You see that everything that was given for so-called rules actually had a logical reason that was well tied to our well-being. For example, the Sabbath day requirement, which tells us to rest, points to a concept that has been scientifically shown to be important for long-term health. The diet rules with restrictive and restorative diets, including fasting and food preparation guidelines, are now being packaged in marketable ways, but are really the same thing now as they were then. Even sexual behavior in which people were to wait until marriage to have sex with one person of the opposite gender and to protect specific periods of abstinence all have scientifically proven health benefits. The whole Bible is a love story between God and the people he created. And just as a parent teaches their children how to grow up in a healthy, in a healthy way, God was laying the groundwork for us on how to take care of ourselves so we didn't have to figure it out the hard way unless we chose not to listen to them, of course. Now, we know that the original state of health did not remain. The original sin in which Adam and Eve chose not to trust God and to pursue their own path resulted in a disconnection between them and God. This put them at dis-ease in their souls. That means they were no longer complete in their holistic health. It literally put a crack in their state of well-being. And before long, it was only natural that physical disease and reduced lifespan would become the norm. It was an automatic result of having problems with some area of their health, which happened to be spiritual in this case. But God had a plan for healing, and that was not just for our spiritual well-being. He made a way for healing through Jesus Christ, but also physically. It's very clear that God doesn't just care about our spiritual well-being, but for our whole being. In Exodus 15, 26, he addressed his people and said, For I, the Lord, am your healer. He also is referred to in the Bible as Jehovah Rapha, which means the Lord who heals. King David said in Psalm 103, verse 3, he is the one who, quote, forgives all your iniquities or sins and who heals all your diseases. He would not abandon us to figure it out on our own. He wanted restoration for us. The word healing is mentioned 33 times in the Old Testament, and concepts about healing are mentioned 43 times in the New Testament, most of which are referring to actual people being healed. If you do a quick search related to health and healing of all kinds, you'll get about 170 verses that may be related. 
and there are approximately 100 plant names that are mentioned throughout the Bible. Many of them are considered medicinal, both in the Bible and by herbalists worldwide. Many of them have also been found in documentation by herbalists and doctors going back hundreds and thousands of years. One verse that is commonly referred to by Christian herbalists is Revelation 22:2, and in this verse, God is revealing heaven and what that's going to be like as a wonderful place, and it includes this tree that grows healing leaves. It says, On each side of the river stood the tree of life, yielding its fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. The one time that the word healer was used in the Bible <clears throat> was in Isaiah 3-7, in which the prophet Isaiah saw a vision, and he said, according to the King James Version, In that day he shall swear, saying, I will not be a healer, for in my house is neither bread nor clothing. The word healer came from the Hebrew word chabhash, which I'm probably not pronouncing correctly, but it literally means to bind up, wrap up, or to be a bandager. It may be that he considered a healer to be one who tends to all physical needs, including food and clothing. In Jesus' ministry specifically, so now we're in the New Testament, Jesus miraculously healed everyone who asked him to, Every disease and sickness, the Bible says, in Galilee, in Judea, and everywhere he went. The Gospels say that he did this to, one, validate his identity as the Savior, two, to give Israel a taste of heaven where there would be no more pain, sickness, death, or sadness, and three, to draw people toward him as the Savior. In John 4, when Jesus healed an official's son from a distance, the father and his whole household believed in his identity as soon as they realized that the boy had been saved from inevitable death. When Jesus healed, it was with compassion for their souls. And there are verses that talk about his deep compassion for people. And it was directly a part of his offer for salvation. Later on in the early church, when Paul was giving directions to the church of Corinth, he said that we are the temple of the spirit of God and that it's very important for us to care for it because wherever the spirit lives is a holy place. We aren't just caring for our own bodies, which is important, but if we're believers, we're caring for the home of God. When you back up and get the greater picture of the Bible, you see that woven all through it is God's desire for our salome, our restoration to completeness in all ways out of his unbelievably great love for us so that we can be united in our relationship. When I am able to get to the root issue of a person's health problem and help them to create a plan that is successful, I give God glory, recognition, and praise because of how wonderfully our bodies work because of the healing herbs he has given us and for how much he cares about each person. And what seems like would be as insignificant to God as one person's health is actually super important to him. And it's my frequent prayer that people who find my help integral to their healing will also find peace with God as part of that journey. I also pray at the beginning of every day that I work with clients that I'll be able to see what they need and help them to create a wellness plan that will be effective for their goals. And I also frequently pray for people who would benefit from working with me to find me and for clients who are going through particular hardship to experience God's protection and blessing. 
God has been a huge part of my business as well, very clearly directing major decisions, lining things up that I could never have done on my own. Anytime I've had doubts, he's made a way or left messages for me that made the next step much more clear. That could take up a whole podcast in itself, but needless to say, seeing how involved he has been in the directing of my business further emphasizes to me how important this work is, not just to my clients and my family, but to God himself. I've seen God heal people, like when my son Atlas recently got prayer and the swelling and pain in his knee disappeared. I've also seen cases where I prayed for insight and a random plant will pop into my mind, which is an herb that I would not normally have thought of for that situation, but ends up being the missing piece of the plan for their healing. In both cases, faith and action were required and people were blessed. Both spiritual healing of physical problems and physical healing through herbs are blessed by God. Rosemary Gladstar is a famous herbalist that probably most of you are familiar with. She's written many books, but she wrote for Nancy and Michael Phillips in the book, The Herbalist's Way. And she said, quote, plants may develop mechanisms with chemical constituents for all kinds of reasons. People think the chemical pathways a plant develops are for the plant's own use, but that's not really true. Scientific studies have shown that many of the chemicals in plants aren't vital to their own biochemical work. These are often the most powerful medicinal compounds as well. One thought is that maybe they have developed those pathways over thousands of years for other purposes, perhaps selected by humans, and which she means genetics in this case. Perhaps other forces are at work, she says. I can tell you that that other force is God. In Genesis 1.29, he said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it, they will be yours for food. After the great flood, he also offered various animals for food as well, but the point was these plants were a gift that he made for us. He gave them to us to eat and to be well. When we consume them, when we take them as medicine and show our appreciation, giving thanks to God and sharing with others what we have learned, we're giving him glory, which means we're giving him credit and honoring him. Just like if a friend did something wonderful for you, you would tell everyone about it because you want that friend to be a... Excuse me. You would tell everyone about it because you would want that friend to be appreciated. Dorothy McLean an herbalist who wrote The Findhorn Garden, wrote from the perspective of the plants as a non-Christian. She said, You must respect us and love us as part of God's life before we can trust you with more secrets about ourselves. Plants are not here just for man's use, but when you learn that man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy him forever, then we can be part of that enjoyment and glorification, each in our own way, in your consciousness. This reference that says to uh, that man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy him forever is a reference to the Westminster Shorter Catechism, which defines basic Christian beliefs uh, depending on a person's philosophy or theology about who God is. A lot of Christians refer back to the Westminster Shorter Catechism, and that phrase is specifically in there. But it also refers to Proverbs 16.4 and Ecclesiastes 12. 13 to 14, which tells more about this. And it essentially means that everything God created, including humans, has a purpose and we honor him by fulfilling our purpose. 
Part of our purpose is to walk out the path he has for us, which includes complete healing and caring for our bodies, which are the temples of God. And this is so clear, such an easily seen plan for us, that even non-believers like herbalist Rosemary Gladstar and Dorothy McLean can see this. It's woven into the very fabric of creation, and we can't help but see it. Herbs have been used by people of all faiths across the whole world as part of a healthy lifestyle for spiritual practices, like the incense used by Hebrew priests, and for food. Natural health is a term used to describe things that are naturally accepted by our bodies, that are in line with the way our bodies normally function. And that's because these things are created by God to work together with our bodies. They are woven through time and culture and faiths because they only make sense because God made them to make sense. To take herbalism, to take plant medicine out of health, out of fear of being in misalignment with God, is to misunderstand who God is and to miss out on one of the ways he offers us his love. It is to rip an integral piece of his plan out of his plan completely. It literally makes no sense and it's very sad to think that that actually happens. God gave us plants because he loves us. He made them to be healing because he knew we would need them and he wants us to be well in all ways. Science is only just catching up to the fact that plants are intricately designed to heal our bodies in ways we could not have imagined. Take Japanese knotweed, for example. People use it for Lyme disease because it's antibacterial. But what's fascinating is that it doesn't just kill bacteria, it disables the bacteria's communication devices. And bacteria that can't communicate have already lost the war. Or how about pine trees, whose needles have been shown to disable spike proteins, which we now know are integral to some viruses and their ability to live in host cells. Or many mushrooms, which chemically prevent the growth of tumors, depriving them of nourishment so they can't grow and take over the body. There are so many examples of complex processes between plants and humans in which the only logical conclusion is that someone designed it that way on purpose. At some point, I would like to create an episode that digs into the specifics of herbs mentioned in the Bible and their medicinal uses, but today I wanted to encourage you, whatever your background, that herbs are integral to the health plan that God designed for us, and herbalism is not only an acceptable option for Christians, but it is encouraged to be an important part of our diet and our medicine. If you've been hesitant to believe that God cares about your health or that natural health was okay, I hope this has relieved your concerns and shown you a new way. If you're a Christian, I hope that this podcast has encouraged you and strengthened your resolve to enjoy the plant world that God has given us. If you're not, I thank you and appreciate that you have taken the time to listen to this whole, this whole podcast episode, and I hope that it has given you a new perspective on God and Christianity. If you have any questions about this or you'd like to continue this conversation, please reach out to me via email at laureltreewellness at gmail.com. I would love to support you however I can in your spiritual journey. Thank you so much for listening and have a great week. The Family Herbalism Podcast is created for educational purposes only. You are responsible for any and all medical and health decisions you choose to make. If you experience a medical emergency, please contact appropriate medical providers. To receive herbalist support, please visit www.laureltreewellnessllc.com. If you enjoy this podcast and find it helpful, please share it with your friends and family. Thank you for listening.